Welcome to CSB Collaborative. My name is Melissa Schumann, and I am one of Community Savings Bank's ag and commercial lenders. I'm excited to be here hosting the second episode of CSB Collaborative. Today, I'm happy to have Dan Van Tiger, the Iowa Dairy Farmer guy, as he's known on social media here, to talk with us about dairy farming and social media marketing in the ag industry. Dan, welcome to the podcast. It's my honor to be here. To start off, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your family's four-generation dairy farm, Honey Creek Dairy. Well, you already said a portion of it. So our farm name is Honey Creek Dairy. I'm the fourth generation. Uh, I farm with my brother, Don. Uh, We bought my uncle's half of the cows in the operation back in 2015. So that's when we actually started Honey Creek Dairy. Uh, I graduated from Iowa State University in 2013 and from Edgewood Colesburg in 2009. Uh, Our farm has been in the family since I think the early 1940s. I forget the exact year. But right now we're milking uh, 200 head of Holstein dairy cattle with uh, three A5 Laley milking robots and an automated feeding system. Thank you for that, Dan. From personal experience, I know new technology in the dairy industry has helped increase the success and efficiency of dairy farms, especially yours. How has technology changed in your years of farming and how has it helped or hindered your farm operation? I think even five years ago, the way the robots were presented have changed from where they are today, just from the milking robot perspective. Um, back in the 70s, my dad said if you had a silo, a uh, gutter cleaner, and a pipeline, I mean, you had the world by the tail, and now those farms, it's hard to keep going just due to the physical labor aspect. Um, just in the, what would it be, seven years now since 2015 we've been farming, like I said, just the robot technology alone has changed immensely. Um, so I don't know what the next seven years are going to look like, but we, we try to get a better understanding of what cow comfort is, you know, what just the way we feed cows in the last seven years has changed in terms of what we look at for fiber length, fiber digestibility, forage quality. Um, so we're always trying to figure out, you know, better ways to do things. Did you ever think when you were a young lad running around on your family farm that you would be with this much technology on your dairy farm today? Honestly, yeah. I mean, to to an extent, right? Because I know even when I was younger, you know, auto steer was just starting to become a thing in the tractors. And that was, you know, amazing that tractors could keep mm-hmm. themselves on a straight line or a curved line. So I feel like there was always some part of us that knew, I mean, if you want to keep up with the times and be more efficient, you know, whatever technology is there, maybe you don't have to adopt all of it. But I feel like deep down, every farmer knows they're going to have to adopt some of it if they want to keep current. Very true. From a financial standpoint, getting financial support support is a huge factor in working with a trusted lender is extremely important. How did you go about selecting a bank to work with you to help accomplish your goals? Honestly, a lot of it is just kind of the people you know. Um, you know, the lender we've been working with, we've worked with for a long time, and the uh, loan officer, loan officer specifically, knew everything about our farm. So we had a really good relationship with that person. Um, we had looked around at a lot of different places, and financial rates, honestly, a lot of them were pretty comparable. But it just came down to who exactly we were working with. So, if you had advice to give a young farmer, what would you tell them is the most important question to ask when meeting or interviewing a potential bank? They have to believe in what you're doing. Uh, we did meet with some people that were very hesitant, and but they were still willing to work with us in terms of you know getting us a loan. But that made me nervous working with somebody who, yeah, we'll give you the money, but I don't know if I like what you're doing. Um, having somebody that actually believes in what you're doing and knows you can accomplish it, I, I think is the most important thing. Perfect. Um, I am a big follower of your TikTok and your Facebook accounts, the Iowa Dairy Farmer Guy. What made you decide to join them? 
So I joined TikTok last March, uh, just and actually back in 2012, I took the handle Iowa Dairy Farmer under everything I could, just because I <laughs> felt like I liked the handle. Don't know if I'm ever going to use it. Um, and TikTok really wasn't even around that long ago, but Facebook and Twitter and Instagram were. Um, but I hopped on TikTok last March due to the urging, really, of my wife. She thought it was something I'd be good at. TikTok was a little bit of a different platform compared to what Facebook and Instagram offered at the time in terms of its, it's almost like Twitter for videos. Yep. Um, so I hopped on there and I was kind of anti-Facebook for a while, but it'll be a year ago on Saturday I joined Facebook. That was kind of at the urging of our Midwest dairy checkoff folks because um, they liked what I was doing to promote the dairy industry. And they realized, too, TikTok is a finicky platform. It's owned by China. They were banning a lot of my videos. I think I was one video away from getting my account deleted. Um, wow. So just having kind of a backup account, so to speak, where people could find me elsewhere was important. And then Facebook actually ended up exploding more than TikTok. So Facebook were at 660,000 followers, and I think TikTok right around 600,000. So I wasn't expecting the Facebook success like it, like it, to blow up like it did. Yes, you've really blown up on social media. What inspires the topics that you share? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't. There's a lot of days I wake up like you mentioned it before we started our podcast here about uh, that cow that we had the torsion and we actually flipped her to yep. try to fix the torsion. I had no plans for a video that day, and then uh, I was walking past that cow, saw something wasn't going on. I was like, "There's my video." So a lot of the times, you know, the stuff I don't think people are going to be interested in, people usually end up being interested in. So most of the time, I end up forcing myself to film. It's like, I mean, a lot of times I'm tired. I don't feel like doing it. Or it's a topic I t tell myself, you know, people won't find this interesting. I'm like, well, you never know. So I film it anyways. And those are the ones that I don't think will do well that usually do well. Would you consider yourself a dairy activist? I would say yes. I've had people say that before. Usually I say the words activist in a negative connotation. Uh, but I've had people point that out. That, And when it comes down to brass tacks, really, we are the activists trying to promote what's actually true. So what topics in the activist world, given that we typically have that as a negative, right. in the farming industry are most important to you that we either debunk or make sure the public knows about? Number one, I think the hot topic now is environment. I think there's a big idea that dairy farming and just consuming meat in general is very bad for the environment when I think it couldn't be farther from the truth. I think the reason we produce the food in the manners we do is because one, it's a successful way to feed hundreds of millions of people, but we've also been able to show people that we've been, been able to do more with less resources, but those good things don't get talked about. I mean, obviously there is certain concerns that people have that we try to manage well, whether it's methane or manure runoff or topsoil loss. Those are things good farmers stay on top of, and the good farmers are going to be the ones that are going to be around for decades to come. But I, I just I really have a disdain for uh, celebrities or people of power that want to hop on platforms and talk about how, you know, if we switch away from meat based diets or dairy diets, we can be better for the environment or uh, we can do things that are just better as a as a society when we get away from consuming animals. And I just I don't I just think those things couldn't be more false. I couldn't agree with you more, Dan. You're able to educate followers about the dairy industry while also using humor. It's so awesome that you're able to use your social media to help inform people about dairy farming since it's not a universally informed topic. Do you think social media usage for farmers to promote their business is becoming more important these days? I would agree. I mean, I would say yes, I think it is. And I, 
I think it's just not meant for a lot of farmers. Um, I think farmers were kind of the last people to jump on the social media bandwagon, which is why there's so much negative light on there on like dairy farming or, or the hog industry, pork industry, because there was people on social media bashing it before there was people on social media to actually advocate the truth about it. The average age of a farmer is still, I think today, like 60, 62 years old. So they're just not apt to get on there. And the younger people that are usually are too busy to get on there. So we've been fortunate with the automation that we have. It gives me the free time to be able to do some things on social media. Um, But I do think it's very important. But I also don't want to guilt trip every farmer saying you have to get on social media because some (laughs) people just aren't meant for it. But if those people can share, you know, my videos or any other, you know, social media farmer, their videos, um, that helps too. I mean, they, they can help in different ways other than actually putting out videos themselves. Or I tell people too, if you can have a fifth grade class come out to your farm, that's just as important as putting a video on Facebook. Because some fifth grader who sees me doing a stupid dance is going to remember that for two weeks. But if he comes out to your farm, he'll remember that for his whole life. Correct. And another option I would suggest to consumers listening is if you don't have the time to make your own videos, share Dan's videos. Sure. And that, and that helps us as well. Reach, reach a bigger audience. Obviously, agriculture has been a huge part of your life since a young age. I remember when I was in FFA, you were even the Iowa FFA president. With smaller owned farms starting to have increasing challenges, do you think social media will help promote the opportunity of agricultural careers to younger generations? I think so. Um, That's actually a really interesting point. I think farming as a whole has always kind of had a straw hat and pitchfork connotation to it. And I mean, in FFA, I think what was the phrase? We're more than cows, sows, and plows. Yep. Um, there's only in the U.S. I think less than thirty thousand dairy farms left. But you look at the FFA, and there's what is it now? Like six hundred thousand nationwide members. More than that. At least. I, I don't remember what it is now. So they're not all going to be farmers. I mean, there's there's thirty thousand dairy farms, and there's not even probably that many. And when you look at the poultry or pork industry either, uh, but there's there's uh, agriculture is a massive field that still needs a lot of people. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to you know, pigeonhole farmers is the most important aspect of it because I couldn't do my job without our veterinarian, you know, without the people that deal with our products that come to our farm every day, without the milk truck driver that moves the product off our farm every day. So I think social media does bring to light uh, just how diverse of an industry agriculture is and how many people it actually supports outside of just who actually farms. And I think you make a great point there, Dan, about talking about the diversity of agriculture. When you talk about it in the world, some people immediately think farmers are the only agricultural Mm -hmm. when you have all of those specialists in the agriculture industry that help everyone. And in a small town, you know, you think about how many other people outside of agriculture farmers actually support too, whether it's electricians or plumbers or other tradesmen or even the local co-ops or the feed mills. And those feed mills need people to keep the feed mills running. I forget what it was in Delaware County and somebody from the Delaware County Dairy Board, if I say this wrong, will probably correct you. But I mean, every (laughs) dairy cow in this county brings in thousands and thousands of dollars to the local community. I want to say, again, someone correct me, but I want to say it was like $10,000 per cow or something like that in just this county that one cow brings to the overall like local economy. What a wonderful fact. We may have some future farmers listening to this podcast today. What advice would you give them when it comes to accomplishing their goals in the agriculture industry? You got to really be willing to put in the work and you can't expect people to praise you for it. I think our society now is one that if you do something good or if you just work hard, you expect to immediately get praised for it. And I feel like that's something previous generations didn't have. I mean, there's there's generations before us, whether they were building, you know, you think of uh, uh, what's that big church uh, overseas. Um, 
My point is, you just think of some of these big architectural monuments that people were building that they never knew they were going to see the finish of, but they built it anyways. You know, the, our generations before us knew they could work on something even if they weren't going to see the completion of it. Our generation tends to be more, I'm not going to work on something unless I get recognized. So especially in the farming industry, I think if, if it's something you're passionate about, you know, Put in the work, do you know? And if you do that, I think you'll get rewarded for it. But you have to be looking for ways to be efficient with it too. So, it's it's a hard it's a hard industry to get started from scratch in. I'm not saying it's impossible, um, but for people who are willing to you know put in the work, find ways to be efficient with it, and uh, just keep their nose to the grindstone, I think there's an opportunity there. Well, Dan, it's been great having you here today. We appreciate your time and look forward to seeing more of your content. Would you like to share with our listeners where they can find you on social media? Iowa Dairy Farmer on every platform. I don't do a lot on YouTube, but uh, Facebook, TikTok are the main two. Instagram is a close third. Iowa Dairy Farmer on all of it. Well, thank you very much, Dan, and I hope you keep those cows happy and comfortable, and we look forward to seeing more content. (laughs) We'll try. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of CSB Collaborative. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. CSB Collaborative can be found on Apple Music, Spotify, our website, or whatever method you're using to listen to us right now. See you next time! Community Savings Bank is a member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Learn more at www.csbiowa.com.